You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 160 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. The NFL schedule was released on Thursday, and it's now Friday. And boy, do we have a show for you guys. Drew and I are going to be going over some of our favorite matchups for the 2020 season that may or may not be postponed. We don't know yet. So, lots to come. And as always, Thank you for being a listener. Make sure that you are rating, reviewing, and subscribing. And also subscribe to our YouTube page now that you're here. So let's get this thing started. Um, Tonight, uh, we're going to be doing something a little different. We're bringing someone else in to read our drip drop uh, ad spot. Um, Most of you might know him as one of the top heroin dealers um, that may or may not be a fictional character who is also dead. So straight from heaven, here is Jacob Snell. Drip Drop Oris was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Dehydration has a profound effect on your health, mood, and performance. <laughs> Used by top hospitals across the country, Drip Drop Oris is safe enough for everyday use and powerful enough to help battle dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Used by athletes, Firefighters, military members, constituents of mine, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports, Garage Guy Chase, and Jeff Boyardine. There's all kinds of ways you can use Drip Drop to stay hydrated, and it is also not good to use it in the packaging of heroin. So from my constituents to your constituents, thank you for listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, and make sure that you go to DripDrop.com and use promo code GARAGEGUYS20. To save twenty percent on your order, round of applause! Incredible. Thanks so much, Jacob. We appreciate you for being on the show. Talk about Darlene real quick. Very welcome. Have have me on anytime. That that bitch Darlene, she got me. She's a smooth criminal, but I tell you what, she is one piece of ace. Uh, back in the day, she was that. I got to get back to Jesus's house, guys. I'll see you later. All right, thanks, Jacob. All right, so yeah, trip drop. Yeah, do it. It's all, dude, incredible. I can't believe we landed him. Like, I had to wait on hold, like, in heaven for, like, three hours. Finally got a hold of him. Um, just incredible. Uh, have a little piece of Ozark on uh, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. So, How crazy is it that Jacob Snell made it to heaven? Dude, it's wild, isn't it? It's like, I think, I think what happened, like, I, 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 obviously I couldn't go into details. Uh, I couldn't really ask him any questions. But I think it had more to do with, like, all his sins were, like, like harvested by Darlene. So like he just shed them all once he died because Darlene just packaged them on. And then she shot a dude in the dick. It makes sense because she's the one that killed him. Right. So all the sins went to her. Exactly. So now she has to live with that. She's going straight to hell. Like there's no chance for for (laughs) her. So good, good to see that Jacob made it to Jesus's house. We're happy for him. Um, let's get, let's get into this. So like I said, the majority of this episode, we are going to be talking about the NFL schedule. It's uh, it's almost like Christmas 
anytime this drops, fantasy football season's right around the corner. Um, we know we're in the thick of NASCAR. Super excited that we're going back racing next weekend. And like I said, we're about to be very busy over at Roto Baller um, here on the podcast. So make sure you're telling all your friends, everybody that listens to this now, if they want NASCAR DFS advice, they need to be subscribed to our podcast and checking out all of our content over at Roto Baller. Use promo code GARAGE, get 10% off your order um, when you go over there and subscribe to the NASCAR premium content. Um, so we averaging like what, a race every three days, something like, something like that. Oh my God. Yeah. Luckily for me and you, we're only handling cup races. Uh, they're bringing on a, another guy to cover Xfinity and truck races. And uh, like I said, we just got the whole squad about to be, uh, about to be bowed up and I couldn't be more excited about it. So we're going to have a lot of YouTube content, um, a lot of audio content, writing, so we're going to have the whole shebang. We want to help you guys get back in the NASCAR DFS spirit. And we're ready to kick it into high gear. But as a little break, like I said, I, th I think that it's perfect that the schedule landed like it did on Thursday because that allows us to just kind of go into some of our favorites. And I know me and you have looked at all the games, um, and I was able to pick out some of mine. And we got some notable ones we'll mention towards the end, too, that like we don't really want to get like deep into discussion about. But uh, they got some pretty, uh, pretty funny stuff that we can talk about and, and, and line out for what is going to be expected. But like I said, the big thing is just making sure that this happens. Um, and I think Goodell already came out and pretty much said that it's like, you know, we want to make it happen. Our full plan is to make sure that it goes through, but there's still that little chance that something could hold it up. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, we're going to believe. I'm going to go on record saying it's happening. There's too much at stake to lose. Unless we have a crazy uh, resurgence of coronavirus, you know, if everyone gets on the beach and spreads it, or if it's, you know, if we get some super negative news, I think we're, we'll reevaluate. But I think all signs are pointing to a season. Right. Good thing, good thing that, like, uh, no NFL teams are in the state of Mississippi, your good home state, because there are people that are actually dining in at restaurants as of Thursday. So, good job. Um, I really feel like second wave is going to be a bitch. For oh, so you're, you're one of those people you think it's going to be like a, a another re, another wave. Like we're going to be back. I'm are. I'm just trying to be careful. Like I'm saying, like I am too. I, I mean, you think we're going to be backward? Are we going to go backwards or forwards? Um, in in the states where numbers are testing way higher, if like people are like gathering around and shit, then like yeah, like Florida, dumb, dumb, <laughs> Georgia, dumb. Like the Falcons can go. I don't really care if they Classic. make it or not. Yeah, yeah throw that Falcons jab in there. <laughs> Had to. Got to punch him in the dick every once in a while. Um, but uh, that that kind of brings me to actually. I just let's just go ahead and start talking about it. Week one, um, we got some bangers, dude. And uh, one of those week one uh, games is obviously has to do with my favorite team, the Saints, and one of your favorite players, Tom Brady. Um, and I can't wait to discuss that. But we start off the Thursday night game is Texans versus Chiefs. That's our season opener. Um, we, me and you were both probably got to be thinking just absolute shit stomping and Deshaun Watson running for his life. Yeah, if there wasn't enough pressure on Bill O'Brien before the season, there will be after this week, after week one. Do you think that he's going to get fired, though? Probably not. No, no, he won't get fired. I just mean like they're going to the media and everyone will be attacking him on Twitter. 
because of what he did this offseason. And then, obviously, they didn't do him any favors for the schedule, right? <laughs> yeah, no, so. not at all. It's like, dude, it's dirty. But like I said, they got Brandon Cooks. That's like the – and, like, any time that, like, you can be like, oh, we got Brandon Cooks, and then you remember that he's been on, like, what, four to five, like, NFL teams, and he's only, like, what, 26 years old? Yeah. That's when... <laughs> and we got to call this out since you said it. He's probably the best lineup of all time for QBs that he's played for. Yeah. This is this is it. Like it's like this is as, as sexy as it gets for Brandon Cooks, which I mean, is tragic. Br- <laughs> I mean, it's Brady, Breeze, um, golf, Deshaun Watson, right? That's amazing. Yeah, he's played for some good ones, and like this one, like I feel like like here, like it's like every team he went to, like you thought he was gonna be like the like the one guy, and then he always ends up being like the secondary. So it's like now. It's like we, we think he's going to be the guy, but then, like, watch Kenny Stills, like, emerge. <laughs> it's, like, it's yeah. like the best receiver. And then Bill O'Brien just, like, hypnotizes everyone with his butt chin. So, that's that's how we – I knew that was coming. Not butt chin, butt whole chin. Sorry. Butt whole chin. Big difference. Um, now, actually, on to some actual football talk. Uh, Bucks and Saints. That's the biggest game of week one. Can, can, we, can we agree? Spicy. I love it. Um, you called this out, and I think you, you were telling me Schefter had tweeted this while we were uh, getting everything lined out for this episode, that the Bucks have an all-time high five primetime games this yeah, season. franchise record for those guys just because of Brady, which makes sense, right? I mean, all the talk about the, the switch from the Pats to the Bucks, and then obviously being paired with the Saints makes it even better. So yeah. we're going to be excited. Watch that as, uh, you know, we're not trying to be biased, but everyone, every headline you check right now is going to probably highlight that game for week one. Yeah, that's that's the number one. And I think not even that, but, like, the Saints in general have, like, one of the wildest schedules, like one of the most entertaining schedules out of every team, I feel like, this season. Yeah, we just went through the, the schedule uh, individually and together there. And, you know, if there was any doubt of bias for you being a Saints fan, I confirmed that they really do have the best schedule. If you just had to pick somebody to watch every game, like if you only watch one team's games, I think you're picking the Saints. Right. Who who gets more pissed off on the sideline um, coach-wise, like Sean Payton or Bruce Arians in the Superdome during this one? I'm going to go with Bruce Arians just slightly, even though it's a good bet. Uh, I just think Bruce Arians has gotten a little bit more um, – a little bit shorter – fuse as he's gotten older i think bruce Arians has him on age by about what eight years ten years maybe eight yeah something around that area the thing that i love the most about bruce is the fact that he went from one team in all red to another team in red and so like when he gets angry it just blends so perfectly he's just like a giant red person that is just angry but also you can't leave out the kango hat that he likes to wear from time to time so he's going to have that on as well. Is And, like, I, I want to see what the odds are going to be on that because I'm willing to bet that Bruce pulls a switch up and comes out wearing white in this game, like a white pullover. How have you even thought about this? this see, I'm, I'm trying to think about the deep things. I'm trying to think about the things to make money that no one else is thinking about right now. Like, how am I going to make money on anything but the actual game? Because it's like, this is going to be one of the most competitive. I, I can't think of, of another time that we had the, like, one of the most competitive, like, week one games 
are like 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 equally hyped as competitive because like you'll have some that are like that just come out and like it's like a shocker like wow that was an ultra competitive game but this is like not only do we know it's going to be competitive but we also know that like the hype around it is like insanely huge like and so it's uh it's going to be really exciting to watch and there's just so many other things that we can think about because it's like you already know what to expect out of this game so it's like why not just like think about other crazy shit that could go down and it's safe to say we'll be there yeah you yeah yeah you will definitely be there i will probably be out front doing fan interviews and then i will like find my way in there gotcha so i've got to be in inside there for that game cuz like the dome's going to be at an all time high i would really love it if we took after um the bills mafia but instead of throwing dildos like we just like caked the field with like beignets to like brady's helmet that would be incredible <laughs> i like where your head's at yeah. i can tell you're on one today you got a lot of energy it must be this nfl schedule release that's got you fired up dude i mean it's not every day that you get jacob snell on the phone from heaven so like oh, yeah. it really pumped me up man but dude how the- dare how dare i think it's the schedule <laughs> right yeah come on man seriously <laughs> no but dude, all taught man like you know, I we we've been so wrapped up in NASCAR, so like getting to see like this schedule, like my love for the game was like reinvigorated today, and like I was like, oh shit, like football's like right around the corner. Like I've already had a like a, a dynasty rookie draft that I did, and I got some really good. I got uh, Justin Jefferson, and I got um, Joe Burrow, so like I'm excited about that. And then nice. now the schedule comes out, and then I see that, like, the Saints schedule is just, like, magnificent. So, like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but it's also just, like, damn, football's in the air, and you can smell it, and it's a beautiful thing. It makes the hype even better with the whole, like, coronavirus thing. People are just itching for football right now. Oh, it does, man. Like, we, we need anything. But, like like I said, so glad that NASCAR is coming back, and then like, by the time football season rolls around, everything's going to be good to go. And then I'll have to definitely revisit my Arians uh, bets, my crazy Arians bets on what he wears to this game. So we'll definitely keep that uh, down on the log. Week hey, two. by the way, real quick, before you move on, I know we're going to the next game, but mm-hmm. the, age, the age gap was 11 years. So It's 11 years. To, so we're right on it. Confirmed. Yeah. See, we're, we're almost winning money. If we were in a cash game, we would have won. That's right. Easy. All right, love it. I love this energy. Week two, uh, here's the real energy. We get our first taste of some Thursday night football action with uh, Joe Burrow facing off against Baker Mayfield and company. This game right here is like, this is like we're getting the Battle of Ohio like early because normally we got to wait to like, like a couple of weeks before we kind of get into that. And for so long, the battle for Ohio has just been absolute dog shit. So I feel like there's like a new like breath of fresh air now and that the battle of Ohio might actually be super exciting. Couldn't agree more. This is definitely going to be hyped up. If you're um, somebody that, you know, doesn't necessarily care about these teams usually, I think you're going to find it way more hyped up than usual, especially by sports media. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, I'm, I'll be pulling for the Bengals personally. I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan, so I can't wait to see what the Bengals can do here in week two. Yeah, after, after like, a couple of years of, like, disappointments from the Browns, it's, like, it's almost hard. So, like, I, you know, I was a – I kind of was, like, a backseat Browns fan for a little while, like, after the whole Manziel deal and then, like, them just being, like, the most ultimate underdog team known to man. Um, and then I thought that like they actually had a shot last year. And then when it just all fell to shit, I was like, this, this team is cursed. 
There's no way in hell that anything good will ever come of it. So somebody's going to have to step their shit up. And the one thing that I want to see out of this is just, I want, I want them to be so concerned about Joe Burrow. I want that Browns defense to be so concerned that like Joe Mixon just goes the fuck off because you bet your ass I'm taking him again this year. And I feel like this will finally be the year where Mixon will pay off. I've been saying this for a little while and I'm going to stick to my guns on this officially confirmed sticking to my gums, uh, sticking to my, uh, my guns, not my gums, brush my teeth. They're okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I heard gums. Yeah, sticking to my gums on this one. Sticking to the Oral B. Um, this is where I'm going with this: is that Joe Mixon is 100% a first-round draft pick, and people that say he's not are the people that draft Julio Jones before Michael Thomas. Confirmed. I don't know why you're such a Julio hater, because um, Julio has been a great fantasy asset most of his career. But Michael Thomas Wait, is. Where would you take Joe Mixon? I probably take Joe Joe Mixon early second round. So you're you're one of those guys, and you love Julio. No, I don't. I don't love Julio. I haven't had Julio on my team in six years. I just I just don't know why you're a hater. There's a I'm not biased either way. You just don't like the Falcons. I don't like the Falcons, you're, and I don't you're know. You're insane, like I, man. You're insane to come on here and say that Joe Mixon should like is a lot for first round or should be a lot for first round. That's a late insane. late first round. I never said where. I mean, I took him. I took him at one twelve last year. That's not. I mean, so you're expecting him to go the same place this year? Or I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think that he should. Like, I feel like a lot of people are going to like sleep on him and let him slip. But I feel like the smart ones, like I feel like everybody should be woke to this though. Like with Joe Burrow being like the quarterback, like, this opens up a lot for Mixon. Like, I, I don't think I don't see why anybody would think any different. Because it, the other argument would be they're going to be a passing team. But Joe Mixon can catch the ball. I agree. I agree with you. I think he's going to be a better – he's a better asset this year than, than last year. But for every argument about him open, – like the opening the field argument can also be countered by less rushing attempts, less touches. We, we don't know that they're going to dump it off to the running back. We don't they got to get sneaky. You would think in a perfect world, like Zach Taylor would be like, okay, we got this great quarterback. We can let him do his thing here and there. But if we just fuck people up with the ground game enough, then like they're going to be like, oh shit. And then they're just going to like stack the box. And then Joe's just going to go the fuck off. Like not Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow in that point. So you got to hit that duel. And I feel like that's the way that the Bengals can be great and they can take the crown for Ohio. So, but I think ultimately in this game, I think that we're going to see the Bengals defeat the Browns. I don't think that this is going to be. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be some like exuberant, like like just domination. I still think that it's going to be kind of a struggle. But I think that ultimately that they can they can beat the Browns on Thursday night football. Where's this game at? This is in Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. This is at home. Big upset, and this is where all the Browns fans are going to just throw their jerseys away and go become Bengals fans to the real Paul Brown Stadium in, in Natty. I like it. I think we're All both right. going to be on the Bengals there. I'm predicting a seven-point spread, so we'll be getting seven points on that. Oh, big facts. Um, God, I can't wait to scratch those itches, too. Um, Raiders Stadium is the, the next headliner for week two. Uh, we're going to get this the first game in Las Vegas ever for an NFL team is going to be on Monday Night Football. And guess who the Raiders are playing? Who that? Exactly, the Saints. So another like marquee game 
for the Saints, who I think I think have like two Monday Night Football games this year and a whole bunch of other primetime games. So that's huge for week two. Um, as far as like the gameplay, like, I mean, it'd be cool to see like what Henry Ruggs can do at home. And then the other thing is this, this is something I was thinking about now that we're in Las Vegas, Caesars is obviously a, uh, a big partner with the NFL. Are we going to see sports betting uh, kiosks inside of Raiders stadium where you can live bet on the game that you're attending? I don't know the rules and regulations in terms of on-site betting. Like, I don't know if that's wide open or not. Do you hear what I'm hearing? Is that the clock? Shout out to the clock. Shout out to the clock. Clock's back. Shout out to it. Love the clock. Missed the clock. Um, It has. We missed your clock. Uh, Gave it a shout out. But back to the topic we're speaking of, I'm pretty sure there's some Major League Baseball teams that have kiosks on-site. Um, not 100%. I think Yankee Stadium might have one. Nice. So if – and I think that with Caesars being a part of this, like they, they kind of have to get – if they don't have them now, they will have them. I mean, it's Vegas, dude. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like when you got up to go get a hot dog, you could also sit down for like a round of Texas Hold'em as well. Like they got to they gotta have like a – like a casino in a football stadium in Las Vegas just makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Like a bachelor party room where you could like have a glass wall and like watch a football game like on like the sideline and also have strippers <laughs> dancing on you. Like they got to go all out. And like John Gruden is like the perfect like figure for like this this area. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm hoping for a lot of wild shit at, at the new black hole or as it more look like it looks more like the Death Star now because it's just like some crazy modern design but it's a uh, it, either way it goes it's, it's going to be really cool to see like the new stadiums put together and um also you know the the chargers and the rams are going to have theirs as well either this year or next year i'm not 100 i'm pretty sure it's this year though you remember when you said you're just going to breeze through this raiders saints game yeah it didn't happen because then i got the idea <laughs> i got the idea about what this could be for the stadium itself so just some thoughts from I'm not ha- mind. I'm not hating it. I just was making – I'm just reminding you that – I was just like, damn, this is just going to be kind of like a wow for the Saints. And then I'm like, well, shit, hold up. It is going to be exciting with the new stadium. But it would not be something we circled if this was not the first year, right? Exactly. No, this is not one of the games that's like, oh, my God, this is going to be like the greatest game of all time. Like, no, this is not like a heavy competitive game whatsoever. It would have been one of the ones we'll mention towards the end. And they but, can compete. I mean, we don't, we, I mean, the Raiders could compete here, but the, the reason we're talking about it is just the, the first Vegas. The hype. Probably. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And, and, like, leave it to us, like, not really talking a whole lot about, like, the Chargers or the Rams, but that's just because they suck that bad, and it's Vegas. So that's why that. Vegas gets the pass. Um, week three, uh, the one that you had mentioned the most, and this is what, this is the one that's going to be fucking incredible chiefs Ravens on Monday night football. Yes, this was going to be probably now that Brady and the Pats have broken up. This is your marquee AFC game, right? I mean, I think that's like no doubt that people would at least going into the season, things can change and people can fall off. I think the, the chiefs are pretty much a staple, um, the Ravens pretty much are a staple too. So this is the marquee AFC match. Yeah, this is the future. As of right now, this is the new Patriots Chiefs game. 
Yep. You know what I mean? So th- this is where we're at. And for Monday Night Football, it's like, what could be better? Because, like, every guy and girl knows that, like, that's a football fan. You know, you go to work on Monday, you, you wear your team's colors, whatever, you get home, you get around with the people, you watch the game, and you go to work the next day, and it's like you get that little extended sense of just like, man, that was good. But the problem was is there was so many shit Monday night football games last year. I think that they really focused their energy on making sure that they have the right key matchups for 2020. And that's what I appreciate the most because not only that, but this game in week three is going to be such a huge decider for so many fantasy teams. And it's going to be so crucial and important. So like week three should be exciting for fans and for fantasy players alike. Um, And that's what I love the most about that matchup. Um, The only other thing in week three, that's like, we could just breeze over The, the big news is that there's no Jags, titans game on thursday night anymore for 2020 which is like whoa what happened that's like the ultimate shit show game so in week three they've replaced them it's the dolphins and jags and i think that's the new thursday night shit show game yeah that's wild i didn't really i mean how many years in a row it feels like we've had that game for as long as it existed yeah forever bro for years man and that's what i'm saying like that was like a staple to like your thursday night like every one of them has always been a shit show but then like that one shit show that was like that was our shit show like you don't take away that but i guess now that the titans are kind of good and the jags have like gardner like they're too cool for school like it's like we can't do this no more they're not like super shitty so it's like but we'll still keep the jags involved because the titans are like like I'm like, I'm on a new level. I'm on a new level. <laughs> they're taking – yeah, they're up a notch now. Yeah, they're a little upper echelon. So, like, they still got the Jags chilling. So, they had to pair them up with the Dolphins with, like, a probably still injured Tua. So, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's that for now. Um, week four, there wasn't anything that spicy, I don't think, that we, that we noticed. So, moving into week five, we get uh, Joe Burrow squaring up against Lamar Jackson. Like new hype quarterback versus already proven like new era Michael Vick that doesn't beat dogs. So this Your comparisons is be, right now are fire, dude. On lock, bro. Sunday afternoon game. So we got a lot of fire afternoon games this year. I don't know if you've noticed that going through the schedule, but there's a lot of like three to four o'clock games that are just like sick. It's like after we get that wave of like every game on red zone, then when there's only three games left, that's when you get your marquee game. So I like that. Yeah. And that's like, usually how it is. Right. Well, they, I feel like, like last season, like the, the three o'clock afternoon games or whatever, the three to four o'clock afternoon games were okay. But like, I would find myself like nodding off. It's like this year they made it to where like, you don't even get your Sunday nap. You don't get your 30 minute nap you know, at halftime, like you, you're literally up and you're watching, like you, you got to get your nap in at like, and like the day games now. Yeah. I'm a fan of this move. I'm a fan because there's nothing more frustrating as a viewer and watcher than when you have two marquee games on the 12 o'clock slate and like, there's too many games going on. You can't focus. Right. Yeah. Like you got to spread this shit out. So I think they did a really good job of doing that this year, but um, it's going to be fun to see how Burrow, you know, handles this Ravens defense, which is just 
atrocious, like not in a bad way, like in a good way, atrocious, like scary. Like, so it's going to be fun to see how he handles that. If that O-line can stand up to it, if Zach Taylor, I'm obviously going to go ahead and say the Ravens win this one. Um, and I can't wait until we get a little bit closer to the season where we can go into our, our win prediction episode. I enjoyed the shit out of that last year. And that's a, that's a staple in garage guys culture now. So we, we got to have that episode. So I can't wait till we clear that up a little bit more. Um, but we'll uh, what, what, we do two episodes, AFC and NFC, because yeah. it definitely takes, it definitely takes too long to do it in just one, one episode because you have to talk about the, the win total. So we'll do that again. That was fun. Oh, big time. Um, week six, we have Green Bay versus Tampa Bay. So the, the battle of the Bays, the battle of A-Rod and TB12, um, this is obviously one we had to bring up just because of the quarterbacks. Obviously, I think that the Buccaneers are going to be able to stomp all over this Green Bay team that Matt LaFleur is just trying to just throw in the trash. Um, and But it's still going to be, you know, I feel like Brady's doing like the world tour this year. Like, Where, Is this at Green Bay? This is at Tampa Bay. Oh, so nice. It's nice. at the Cooler Bay. This is where Aaron Rodgers might get beat so bad that like he gets dumped by Danica and, like, throws all his crystals out into the bay and says, I'm finished with you, Danica, and then gets an STD from a Tampa Bay stripper in the same night. This could be horrid for him. And just the fact that that Brady is going to be squaring off against Aaron Rodgers and Breeze. Yeah, I'm super pumped. They're, they're milking Tom Brady for every last penny they can. <laughs> it just seems like, you know, they know it's ending and they're going to take advantage of these primetime and big games with uh, with Brady. But – you must be high on the Bucks. You're saying that they're going to the curb stomp them. So, are you thinking the Bucks are going to have a really good year? I'm high on the Bucks in week six. Okay. Because six. of Green Bay. And the one thing that I want to try to do this year, if we get any NFL influence whatsoever to where, like, we actually are, like, in the locker rooms with these guys, I want to get a bug in Tom Brady's ear or in Gronk's ear just so that he will, say, beat at LaFleur on national television. Oh, yeah. at this game because like this is going to be huge like we have to get some we have to get a player to say that this year can we on the count of three let's both say it one two three beat, beat it little four that was poor that was poor we're it was poor we, we we have to get the speed countdown it's like beat it yep. all right let's try it again let's um you want to regroup and come back like on another episode let's regroup all right we'll regroup actually let's that. try it again let's try all it again. right all right, I'm here for it. You ready? I'll count this time. One, two, three. Beat it, Beat it the floor. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, we're going to have to going, regroup on this one. You're going with the slow-mo. Yeah. Beat it, the floor. Yeah, there you go. Just say it that yeah, way. like that. All okay. Right. Well, I'm just going to say it for Gronk right now. Okay. Beat it, the floor. All right. <laughs> it that. really would be amazing to hear him say it in his Gronk voice, and that big smile, like the big smile, like the goofy smile. Yeah, all right. Hey, hey, guys, I hope it's not too late for me to join in. Oh. I just wanted to say this one time from my constituents, beat it, LaFleur. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jacob. We appreciate I don't know why the hell he's still here. Oh, he's just been chilling here the whole time. He's trying, he's trying to avoid Darlene. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, if you're still haunted by her in the afterlife, oh, man, that's rough. But <laughs> after this, um, also Gronk is going to be able to show Green Bay what – actually using a tight end looks like so that's going to be fun and I think that we'll probably get a lot of that every game for Green Bay because that's the one thing that they need to learn the most week seven we get uh, a good revenge game uh, the Panthers versus the Saints in New Orleans 
we're just talking all about the, the NFC South is just king this year, dude. But Teddy B squaring off against his former team, that's going to be fun. Don't really know how it's going to turn out, but it's going to be fun. Where is this game at? Sorry, I missed it up front. This is going to be in New Orleans. This oh, is nice. Game for New Orleans, and this is uh, this is the Teddy B revenge game. Are you calling a standing ovation? Um, No, I'm calling a boo because everyone has now forgotten anything Teddy has ever done for us because he plays for a rival NFC South team. Man, that's a tough one. That's long. I don't know. I feel like they might might do a round of applause for him. They loved him there. If we win, if the Saints win, then yes. If the Saints lose, then no. That's about right. But if the Panthers beat – the saints in this game and Teddy's like a big part of how it all goes down. Cause like, you got to think Teddy's got Curtis Samuel, he's got DJ Moore and he's got Robbie Anderson to throw the ball to not to mention Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, which is a Jack of all trades. Teddy's got some weapons around him. And if, if that all comes down, all we're going to hear about the next day and possibly for the rest of the week is how dumb the saints were for not letting Taysom go and keeping Teddy. That's true. But we got Jameis, so I don't even know what the hell they really can say. Old Jameis. New-eyed crab. We got him. He's ours. After that, week eight, uh, Patriots-Bills. So we're back to the Patriots now. We're a Tom Brady-less, Gronkless Patriots. Julian Edelman is all alone with Jared Stidham and Bill Belichick. I wanted to highlight this game, and I want to kind of get your takes on it because you know a lot more about the Pats and this new system than I do currently. Will it be sweet enough? Because I don't think it will be sweet enough. I think it'll just be like another day now. I think it's going to be sweet, especially for anyone in that division, just because it's still Belichick and the Patriots. You know, it might be downplayed by the the, the common fan, but this would still be sweet. And uh, I think this was definitely the right game to pick if we were going to call out the Bills, just because they're going to have a lot of good games and play a lot of good teams, and they things are looking up for that franchise. But overall, this would be a, a huge way for the for the Bills to – to, to take this game. I think the odds are even right now on who's going to win this division between the Patriots and Bills, which just tells you how much respect they have for Bill Belichick despite losing Brady that I thought the Bills would be favored by now. And they might be favored by now. I don't know if the line's moved, but um, are you surprised that they're even to win this division? Uh, not really. I mean, like they have – to me, honestly, they have like the best bet, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Jets still. It all just depends on if Adam Gase gets his shit together. I don't think Miami has what it takes just yet. Um, they definitely got a great quarterback in Tua, but it's just going to be making sure he stays healthy and then continuing to build around him into the future. I think a couple more years we see Miami be like the, the powerhouse of the AFC East. Um, really? I mean, yeah, I really, I really feel that way. They're going to be able to really build. It's going to be super young, but I think that they're going to be able to really get their shit moving. I'm higher on them now than the Jets. Like I'm higher on the Dolphins this year than the Jets. See, I'm higher on the Jets this year. But then again, the only thing that will keep you, like, the only thing that keeps me 100% like confident in the Jets is just like the same type of curse that the Browns have. It's like the goddamn Jets and then the, the piss poor Cleveland Browns. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just kind of shitty in that aspect. But main, main thing I wanted to ask you before we do move on to the next week I'm excited to see what happens with Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. However, I'm not 100% sold that, like, he should be drafted as high as he normally is just because I don't know how I feel about Josh Allen throwing the ball as comfortable as I would be with, like, uh, 
Kirk Cousin kind of grew into like his own with him. You know what I mean? But now that Diggs is kind of like that guy, I feel like it's it's going to kind of be a rough ride for him. Do you have any like like uh, takes on him for this fantasy year at all? I just worry about how many mouths to feed there are now in Buffalo because you kind of knew it was it was Cole Beasley and John Brown, and you knew that's where the targets were going. And you know Josh Allen doesn't strike kind of like to your point. Josh Allen doesn't strike me as somebody that's going to throw for a ton of completions. He has plenty of upside, and he rushes, the, but he rushes the ball a lot, and they hand off the ball a good bit. He just doesn't strike me as a guy that you're going to see throw 45 times a game and complete 80% of his passes. So I wonder if they can feed all three of those guys. Um, I think that would just depend on if we see Beasley have a major reduction in targets. If that happens, then there's enough for, for Diggs. Yeah, and we also have to see an evolution. Like you said, like, you know, he likes to rush. He's the white Cam Newton. We have to see more of an evolution of pocket presence for him, too. And I feel like if we see a little bit more of that, then I'll have a little bit more faith in, like, you know, his uh, his ability to be, like, a decent fantasy target. But I feel like these guys are going to be good with, like, DFS. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I so. think so. I'm digging that there, and, like, hopefully, you know, we'll get some cheap prices, you know, we'll be able to get some of these guys on the low. Um, just to reboot back a little bit, I did want to – this is kind of a notable thing. Um, Frank Gore is now on the Jets. So, father time continues time. Why won't this guy just chill? Bro, he, he's just he's, – he's going to be the Drew Brees of running backs. He's just going to be there, but he's never going to be Drew Brees. He's just there. And he's just going to run some. He's just going for, like, the largest number of rushes, like, of all time, which is going to be very tough to do. And Adam Gase will probably get mad enough at all the other players on his team that he'll probably give him as many carries as he wants. Frank Gore, more fantasy points than Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, probably going to happen. Like, Jesus. He benches Le'Veon. He's going to bench Bell, like, week three. Yeah, it's like, okay, we're going with Frank now. It's over. Nothing else. Um, week nine, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Week 10, the one game that I did see um, that's going to be good, kind of like a not really a revenge game for a player, but just kind of like a revisiting. If you remember when the Saints played the Rams, how hype that was, and then it just kind of all fell apart because of the Breeze injury. But last year, the 49ers-Saints game was so good. We're going to see the Saints in – Santa Clara against the 49ers uh, in week 10. Another Saints game. Try not to be biased, I promise. But they, get, they, got all, they, got all the, they got that smoke. They do. This is like the best. Can you remember a better Saints schedule than this? This is the best Saints schedule I think that, that I've ever had in my lifetime. Do you think it's something to do with the pass interference being changed? I think this has to do with their like trying to like <laughs> set them up for like a Cinderella story. Like they're they're like you know what it's 2020, uh, Corona has like invaded America, murder hornets are out. Let's just go ahead and let the Saints win one, but let's make it the most entertaining season of all time for them. I like your mindset. Most people that are like diehard Saints fans would probably be, um, you know, worried about the strength of schedule, but you're you're fully embracing it over there. Oh, hell yeah, dude, because, like, I'm going to tell you what, like, entertainment runs this business, whether you want to believe it or not. This is another reason why you're listening to this podcast right now, because we're, we're talking about these games and entertaining you with our sports talk. They want to entertain you with watching it, and they're going to try to paint a picture, I promise you. And they're <laughs> painting one right now, and it's looking like the Saints got the sauciest schedule and people might be worried. Don't be worried. This is Cinderella's story. 
in the making right here. So it's beautiful stuff. I can't wait for this game, and I hope that we can actually rub the win out uh, this rub. time. Got to rub it out real hard. Um, week 11, you brought this one up, so I got to get your thoughts on this. I know you're excited to see it. Um, I wasn't as excited to see it, mainly because I didn't even see it on the schedule, but you did. Um, so after you told me about it, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be badass. Week 11, uh, divisional game, Cardinals versus Seahawks in Seattle, the battle of Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Yeah, this one caught my attention simply for the fact of I thought like we were going back to the same teams a lot. Like if you've, you know, obviously some of these marquee games are, involve a lot of the same teams. But um, I wanted to share a little love to obviously the Seahawks, who have been a staple in the league for years, and Russell Wilson. And then I'm very high, and a lot of fantasy people are very high on uh, what, what the Cardinals have been doing. And um, I think this game, from a fantasy, fantasy perspective, will be interesting, but also from just a sheer football fan, entertainment, you know, entertainment perspective. It's going to be awesome, man. Right, a lot of legs. There's gonna be a lot of legs in this one. Are you buying Kyler Murray though? Like that on the next next year? Do you think there's gonna be a slump, like a sophomore slump, or what's your what's your thoughts? This reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield when he got Odell and Jarvis, and like I think it's mainly just because you know we're seeing D Hop go here. You know, we got Christian Kirk. We've got Larry Fitzgerald. He's got all these weapons. You know, Kenyon Drake kind of proved himself a little bit last season. But that's the only thing that kind of worries me is, like, you know, we, when we see this happen with Baker, I mean, I know that's just a Browns organization. And I can honestly say that, you know, we've, we've seen the Cardinals go to a, a Super Bowl. So we've seen this. And this is in our lifetime. Like, I remember when the Cardinals – were on the cover of Madden with the Steelers when they played in that Super Bowl. And even though they got beat, they were there. So, you know, it's been a little while. It's, that was like, what, early 2010s? Like, was that 2011 when they went to the Super Bowl, the year after the Saints? I'm not even going to act like I don't – like I know, like I remember the year, but that sounds right. I mean – I just – the reason I remember that is because I remember vividly, like, the cover of Madden had – the Cardinals and the Steelers. Like, it, it, there has never been a year where, like, we, we had, like, two people on the cover of Madden. And I remember vividly it was a, a Steelers player and Larry Fitzgerald were on the cover. Yeah. And yeah, so that's that, what got me. But that, that's – I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. Like, I'll feel a little bit better after week one or week two, just kind of seeing, like, where the rhythm's at. Because I feel like if they're integrating the run game a good bit, if, if Cliff Kingsbury can kind of keep bringing that sauce to the bowl, then I'm, I'm going to buy into it. But, like, it's just – it's such a new thing. And, like, he did have a lot of hype. And he had a lot of upside games, like, you know, last season. It wasn't – he wasn't terrible. But I think that we do see the continued success. It just all depends on how they move things around with D-Hop. There's no question they got, if not the best wide receiver in the league behind Michael Thomas. And I'm saying that out of a little bit of bias, but also from some statistical shit. Mm -hmm. um but i'm i'm like i don't know i'm not 100 percent sold just yet like i'm gonna have to wait and see some proof first uh before i go all yeah. all in on on kyler i'm very high just for the record on this team i'm and this is coming from a guy that you know one of my first times i think the first time i, I was a guest on the podcast before i you know joined you full time was I came on and just basically bashed everything about the Browns and saying that the hype was fake and that Baker Mayfield was going to bust. Well, I'm actually the opposite with Kyler Murray. I just I like what I'm seeing from him, and I like that he seems to be just coming into the league at the, at the perfect time for his game. And I think somebody like DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is going to just work wonders for him. Because think about 
the bad quarterbacks D hops made look good at times. Right. You know what I mean, I, it's just perfect. Brandon Whedon. <laughs> yeah. They've had so many people, at, you know, Brian Hoare had a, a decent statistical year there. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. To me, it just seems like the perfect time to, to, to make a move for a receiver. I think the, that was a very smart move. If anything, this is a really good thing for D-Hop. Like, he had the taste of Deshaun Watson, and that was that was good, but it's just that the O-line couldn't handle the shit. So, maybe they have a little bit better of an O-line, I'm hoping, and um, and he'll get a little bit more love. Because I, j- I do want to see D-Hop get to, like, the, the pinnacle of his potential. Like, I want to see him just have one of the most outrageous years of all time. Because yeah. he deserves that. Right. Moving forward, week number 12. Chiefs and Bucks. We get the Mahomes versus Tom Brady game. It's an afternoon game. Another fire afternoon game in Tampa Bay. Cannons will be fired. Do we think he's going to have the same type of struggles he did against the Patriots, knowing that he's going up against not only Tom Brady but Bill Belichick? And what type of fear element does this bring to Bruce Arians now? Like, does Bruce Arians like capture the Bill Belichick essence now? I don't think he can do it with a Kango hat, but. I don't think Patrick Mahomes will be afraid either because he has that confidence now. He's won a Super Bowl. This is going to be a completely different type of game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all uh, I'm all aboard Mahomes. I don't think there's any reason for concern or, or flaw. But in terms of Bruce Arians, were you asking like if he would take over the Belichick mantle? Is, is, is he going to have the same type of like? Are people going to like look at him and be like, "Oh shit, there's Bruce"? No, not the same element. But he's like very well respected coach. I think he's. No one's respected like Belichick, but I love Bruce. I do too. <laughs> I think he's great. I think if you if you poll like polled the coaches on people they respected or um, you know coaches they thought you know had it all together, I think he would be right there at the top. I just don't think anyone. You kind of got to carve out Bill Belichick at this point to his own. He's he's his own tier, right? And then you got your yeah. other guys. He's like he's the Nick Saban of of NFL, and just just like. Nick Saban is the Bill Belichick of NCAA. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bill Belichick's the kind of guy that will ignore you, and, like, Bruce Arians is the type of guy that will walk up to Matt Patricia and break his pencil and then walk away. <laughs> like, that's what I love about Bruce. Like, he's very outspoken, but he also can back his shit up at times. And then he just kind of – he got put in a weird situation, I think, with the Cardinals after a while. But I'm happy to see, like, even though they are the NFC South, it's like I've gotten to this point now – like in my career, like doing this podcast and like talking so much about sports that like I have in a way become like unbiased to teams and coaches. Like I still love the Saints, but like I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I'm not excited about what Tampa Bay's got cooking. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's respectable. And if anything, back to your point about the entertainment league, it's even though it's a tough strength of schedule and it might affect your record, you're still – you're all in, and I think the, what the Bucks and Saints and are, are going to bring to the table this year is going to be awesome. So I think everyone should just enjoy the ride and enjoy what the last two or three years that we have of Brady Brees, possibly. I mean, one right. of the two is going to retire, I think, in the next year or two. Um, week 13 It's another one you brought up, a really uh, fun one to watch just because of the uh, – I feel like this has the potential of becoming like a fixture game. Cowboys versus Ravens, Thursday night football, week 13. The hype has been around Dak, and we can't talk about this game before we talk about Dak Prescott. There's been so much bullshit that's going on. We already know that Jerry Jones has signed Andy Dalton, and and I came out very confidently and said the only reason Jerry Jones signed Andy Dalton is because he reminds me of Jason Garrett because he kind of looks like him. 
So he needs somebody else to, to play sock puppet with. Um, and everybody's so just – I think people hate on Dak and they don't even know why they hate on Dak. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't like the narrative that he – that this move for Andy Dalton is to somehow put pressure or act like there's some kind of competition. Or, right? <laughs> no, there's no competition. They just – like he's literally – gets pressured by Andy Dalton. Yeah, this is literally a security like insurance move. Kind of what the Saints did with Jameis Winston. I know Jameis is a different player than Andy Dalton, but they're not the any kind of controversy or people thinking this is there's some huge narrative behind it. To me, it's just kind of stupid. I don't think it's really. I just, I just don't buy it, man. Dak needs to get paid. I'm going to say that. I think Dak's a great quarterback. Um, he's very good at what he does. I think it's just like for some reason he just gets like covered up. Like he's got f- some flaws, but I think he's got a lot more good than he does bad. And, you know, it sucks that he's going through a lot right now emotionally, like losing his brother recently and then like all this stuff. Like that doesn't help. Like I understand it's a business, but like when you're in Jerry's world, like there's no denying that that's a very emotional connect- emotionally connected football team. Because, Jerry, when you're a part of the Cowboys, not only do you feel, like, directly connected to America because of the era that created that, but you're also, like, Jerry makes sure that he's, like, front and center with his people. So, like, for Zeke to get his contract and, you know, for some of these other guys to get security and for Amari to get his and, you know, you bring in C.D. Lamb now, which you're putting in Des Bryant's number for some reason, which sucks. Like, he wanted to be number 10, and he's like – Jerry's like, no, no, we're going to make you wear 88. Welcome back to Dallas. He's like, I've never been here before, Jerry. Well, yeah, you have. You've been on my mind all damn day, boy. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, and so, but yeah, like Dak needs to be paid. I don't think that they need to put any type of pressure in. Like, like I said, that just goes to show you like that Jerry Jones is just a soft motherfucker trying to put pressure. If that is the case, trying to put pressure on him with Andy Dalton. So I agree with you. I think it is an insurance move. He's just – he looks like Jason Garrett and Brandon Whedon combined, and that's just what they like for backups for some reason. So, Dalton is a backup. Don't get it twisted. We're not going to see him come out and be, you know, the starter for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, that's just – that's no. This is not going to happen. And I'm going to go ahead and mark that down. If it does happen, then I'm going to go ahead and say it straight that Dak needs to be working on an exit strategy because he deserves better and he could be doing way better somewhere else. I feel like, because if that's the case and that just shows that the Cowboys are just like, I don't know. They're stupid. Jerry needs to go or something. You, I do have to say one thing though. And I understand, you know, it's easy for me and you or any person behind a computer screen or whatever, insert title to say, someone says should get paid, but you can't pay everybody. Like there is such, there's a salary cap and there's, I mean, they, they paid Zeke, they paid Amari Cooper. So if you pay everybody max money, there's there's no money left to pay for the players around you. So I just want to throw that out there that it's not necessarily – pay him max money. I'm just just paying. No, no, no. no, no. Lock okay. him down. You that's, know, give him a little confidence. That's not how it works. He wants max he, – he's going to want 30-plus million dollars a year. Uh, just give I'm him just, something. Lock him down. Yeah, it's just it's not, it's not that easy is all I'm saying. Right. That's not that's not directed at you. That's directed at just yeah. It's easy to say so and so deserves the money. I mean, I don't think he should be getting paid like what Tom Brady or Breeze or you know Aaron Rodgers gets paid. But I mean, at least give this dude like some Kirk Cousins type money. Like, how the fuck does Kirk Cousins get the shit he gets? 
Like, I feel like Dak and Kurt are kind of like on the same page if Dak's a little bit better. Yeah, the numbers people are throwing around that exceed all those guys' numbers. Like, the the number that people are throwing out there exceeds all those guys' salary. Yeah, that's just like printing money, uh, the government printing money and hoping that (laughs) the fucking government fixes itself. Yeah, it'll take care of itself. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, to the game itself, it's going to be fun. Um, I think the Ravens are going to obviously take this game. I think the Ravens are definitely going to make their way um, to the bowl this year. I don't think that there's anything going to stop them. Uh, yeah, I'll make an early call. Um, probably. I mean, that's obviously – that. I think that that's what everyone's thinking right now, right? So you're saying AFC Championship is – Is, is going to be Chiefs, Ravens. And then, like, I think that the Ravens could probably get a leg up on the Chiefs this season. I mean, they've made some decent moves, and I feel like Lamar going into his second season is only going to get better. I don't, I don't see him regressing. Yeah. So yeah. – Roll with it. Roll with your call, man. I'm going to roll with it for now. It'll probably change in like a couple of weeks. And then in a couple of weeks later, it'll be different again. Who knows? It all depends on what happens. But at current time right now, I think the Ravens got some stuff going on. Um, week 14 was kind of trash. Week 15, another Saints game. Guess who? Patrick Mahomes comes to town to New Orleans. This is another game that I have to attend. And guess what time of day it is? I'm calling the night Sunday night game. Uh, wrong. It's an afternoon game. Ooh. Fire. So no more naps. Naps are canceled in 2020. Um, afternoon game. This is going to be fun to see. So not only do we get to see, um, Mahomes and Brady, we get to see Mahomes and Breeze. So that's fucking epic as well. Um, and these QB I, matchups are incredible this year. Yeah, dude. This is the year of the quarterback. Like we're back. Like we're. This is the year of the QB, and I'm loving it. Um, there's so much hype built around it. So that's going to be pretty epic. Um, week 15 from there. And then on to the last game before week 17, where everybody just kind of does shit. Week 16 is going to be personal for me. It's going to be a joyful day for most. It'll be Christmas day. First time there's been an NFL game on Christmas day since 2017. And the game that they picked for this, I have no idea why, like, this is either like – it's like they build you up to bring you down. Like we had – the Saints have such a great schedule. And then on Christmas Day, when everyone in New Orleans is just trying to be joyful and enjoy shit, they're going to bring the fucking Minnesota Vikings to town. The one team <laughs> – No comment. <laughs> that will piss – that pisses me off. Like that not only pisses me off, but can slightly get under my skin just because of how some of the shit has happened. Like, it's been – you know, it's like they took the first strike with the, with the Diggs miracle game, the, the Minneapolis miracle. Then we came back and curb stomped their ass, um, you know, the year that we tried to make our run before the PI. And then they whoop our ass in the wild card. So, it's like we have to win – we have to conquer Christmas Day now because if we're going back and forth, this is how it's going to work. So, we got to win here. Christmas Day heartbreak. All I want for Christmas is the Saints to curb stomp the Vikings again. Because, like, if time has told us anything, it's an automatic lock. Because they win, we win. They win, we win. So, we win Christmas Day. Great Christmas gift from the Saints. I'm going to go ahead and just believe that that's what's going to happen. Roger Goodell won't let NBA have their day. Right, yeah. He's like, no, we're back. Like, the last dances came out. Dude, NBA is going to be through the roof. Like, the hype for the NBA – because, like, Last Dance is, like, getting every NBA fan – it's like they were, like, like mid-jack. 
and then like they just had to stop because like somebody like hollered their name and they couldn't come so they had to walk around with blue balls all day like that's what's happening right now and so the last dance is airing everyone's going hype over michael jordan and the bulls and like so now all these nba fans are just like oh can't come yet uh and then it's going to be like oh wait saints vikings and everybody's gonna be torn so just hope the pelicans don't play on christmas day because i'm going to be in a really awkward position. So be like no family time at all if that happens. Oh yeah, dude. Can- Christmas is canceled <laughs> if that happens. Because I'll be honest, I've never been to a holiday game and I really want to go to one, whether it be Thanksgiving. Like I love like I'm pissed off that we don't have Falcon Saints Thanksgiving. Like that's a tradition. Like I live for that shit. And like we don't have it now. But it's like now we have Vikings Saints on Christmas Day. Like I know we'll shit stomp the Falcons. I'm not worried about that shit. This is like a huge what if. And I'm not cool with that on, on a very important holiday where, like, my kid's going to be, like, super happy because he got shit. And, like, like a girl's going to be like, yeah, I walk around the house with fucking cocktail weenies and my mom. And, like, the whole family just going to be together just happy as hell. And then, like, my, my, my aunt's boyfriend's like a Cowboys fan. So he'll just be the whole day, just, yeah, go Cowboys, yeah, go Cowboys, like all day long. And then I'm going to be sitting here in anticipation, like, are we going to fucking do this? Are we going to be able to accomplish this shit? You don't have these problems. I don't. I'm not even going to relate. So this is tough. Like, and this is the only game. Like, they they couldn't have at least put, like, one more so someone else could have got their heart broke so I could have, like, trolled people online in case we lose. Like, No. (laughs) They just leave this all on my fucking shoulder. I, I, if, if, if this was a one man world and like everything around me was fake, I, I'm, I'm going to be mad because like, it's like, like, damn, like this is proof like that everybody's just directing their shit. But that's like a very selfish mindset. And I don't live that way because I'm going to be crying with a lot of other saints fans. And I already know that's not real because I saw the tear and detrimental devastation in people's eyes on the PI call. I know I'm going off on a saints rant. And I should probably stop, but because it could probably get way worse than this. But, yeah, why is this the only Christmas Day game? That's all I have to say. I have your answer. Why? It's because you said Dalvin Cook was going to be a bust last year. Fuck you. God damn it, you're right. (laughs) Shit. Like, why did I have to do that? Like, he's a good guy. He's not even a bad guy. It's like, don't don't cram it down my throat. Like, shit. Sorry, I'm not helping this conversation any. You're not? No, I'm sitting here in turmoil. Okay, look, we're moving on. Um, some notable games that we didn't really go too deep into. Week 9, the Dolphins versus the Cardinals. That's going to be cool to see Kyler and Tua go at it. Hopefully Tua should be, like, pretty healthy by Week 9. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, don't really know what the outcome of that one will be. But I'm, I'm excited a little bit for the Dolphins. I'm excited to see what kind of heat they bring, if they bring any heat whatsoever. Um, how are, we didn't really go too, too deep. I mean, I know that you mentioned that you think the Dolphins are going to be like the AFC East team, but um, how are you feeling about two? I mean, do you think that they need a couple of more pieces? Like, I like Preston Williams. I like uh, – I'm not really sold on Kalen Ballage, um, but I do like Preston. You know, obviously Devontae Parker came around. It's just going to depend on how the connection is with him and Tua. What are you thinking? I'm pretty high on the Dolphins just with what they did last year. I think they exceeded expectations last year, and they've added some – after basically selling everybody and acquiring draft picks, they actually made some good signings and some good moves. So I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, and I'm on board with the, with the Dolphins making another stride. I'm anxious to see what they do, though. Like, are they going to rush Tua back? Or are they going to ride Fitzmagic? Because if there's any kind of if, – if Tua's not 110%, they're going to arrest him at first. And if that's the case, 
you know, I could easily see Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick winning a few games, which in the long run might actually piss off the the Dolphins truthers because then you're just delaying your development of Tua. But I'm not certain that they're just going to throw Tua out there starting week one unless he's 100% healthy. Do you think that Fitz Magic's going to lose his magic now that he knows they have their quarterback of the future? Because he always seems to thrive when they don't. I think it's going to make him play even better, like I said, to just kind of troll. Because like every Dolphins fan is going to want to the future, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. want Fitzpatrick. So I think if they better hope to starts the season. Because if they go out, start the year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he starts 2-0 and through 3-0 you know, or something like that, it's going to be hilarious. I mean, you're going to be – how many cold opens will we have about Ryan Fitzpatrick if that happens? Bro, so many. And that's all I was going to say. <laughs> Tua, Tua, hey, Tua's got some big shoes to fill, okay? Not everybody can be as great as Ryan Fitzpatrick. People so. said they were going to win one game and possibly not even win a game last year. So yeah. they were way better than expectations, I think, till. And they added Kyle Van Noy to the defense, too. So that's another little kind of added bonus, I think, that needs to be looked at. Yeah, yeah. They so, make some good moves, man. They have. It's gonna be. It's gonna be very interesting. Maybe we can see the glory days of Dan Marino come back in some way, shape, or form. And that's the other big debate: is what is Tua's number going to be? Because they retired thirteen. So Marino is. I, I, if anything, I think that he would have to go with the number three. I can see that three. Had they? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they three announced it yet. I feel like they probably announced it by now. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's been called out yet. Interesting. I feel like they'd be trying to cash in on merchandise already. Maybe we'll not. Have to, we'll have to figure know. it out. Um, Titans, Broncos in week one. This is going to be like the late game. It always seems like there's some game in Denver. I guess it's just a time zone issue. I don't know. But I'm really hoping we – like every year for the past couple of years, I've just been waiting because the Broncos always seem to get that first Monday night game. When is Sergio Dip coming back? Could this be – like, look, we've already had coronavirus, World War III, um, murder hornets now. Sergio has to make a return in 2020. Yeah, I think he's coming back for sure for this game. I know we this have, is one you to. had to talk about. Yes. I'm not, a big, I'm not as big on the Sergio dip game as you are. So, the floor is yours. Where were you the night that Sergio dip introduced himself to America? I had no clue where I was. I just remember seeing this guy talking and like it blew my mind because it was like because you know the kind of stuff that I laugh at like you know like my kind of humor and so even though this dude was being dead ass serious it was like the awkwardness of it like was everything and I could not stop laughing and I was like literally it was seconds later I'm on Twitter who is this guy and what does he do like the, you know, the old school TV screenshot. And then like, that was one of my first tweets after we started garage guys that kind of got a lot of traction and blew up. And that's when, after that, I was just like, Oh my God, this dude is really that's a phenomenon. A- well, not, no, not even that, but like, I didn't think that the, anything was going to happen because I thought I was just being a dick for making fun of a guy that could speak broken English, but no, everybody else was feeling the same shit that I was feeling. And then like, so like that was one night where like, everyone just like joined hands together. There's, there's very limited moments in American culture and society where we all just join together in unison. And Sergio Dip did that. So that's, that's what we need more than anything right now. So see, there's the silver lining to the story of why Sergio needs to return. Did I make you feel like an asshole? 
No, of course not. I'm just going right. to, it just, it just made me want to go back and rewatch that video a few times. So that's what yeah. I'm going to do. I'm going to go do that too. Um, right after this last one, I got to say this. Okay. Week 12 Browns versus Jags. Can you think of anything significant before I say it? You can spoil it if, if you need to. Cause I'll tell you if it's tr- if it's what it's I'm the battle, I'm the battle of the mustaches stash battle. If Baker stash Mayfield battle. does not have his mustache for this game, I'm going to be so pissed. Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield, like big brother, little brother type what shit. What could you ask for? Like, this is, this is like, this is going to be like the ultimate, like, just, I don't even know how to explain what this game is going to mean. This has been a very big Chase Boy episode, but please allow me to rant for a second. Do your thing. We were the first people to be on the, the Minshew bandwagon. We were. It took people at least a week. We, from the moment he came into the, to the game, we saw him grab the helmet and we started talking about Gardner Minshew. Everyone else, it was the next start, the next, the next week. Now, here we are, fast forward to this offseason, and people are already lining up who's going to be the next QB of the Jags because they're expecting Minshew to choke. How much fanboying will we be doing this year for Minshew? Like, I'm, I'm right back where I was that week one when he came in. I'm right back to that fan level because everyone's already hyping up, like, oh, they're going to draft a QB or oh, they're going to trade for a QB or oh, they're going to get Cam Newton. There's so many hypotheticals out there. Why don't they just appreciate who they have and give him a chance? Look, you got a quarterback. That <laughs> bought an RV and went and toured the country. He is proclaimed, self-proclaimed the Jaguar King and photoshopped his face on Joe Exotic and photoshopped a Jaguar instead of a tiger. He got a huge sponsorship by Bud Light to do some type of quarantine game that he got everyone on. The dude's tan as fucking quarantine. He's still badass. He's from Brandon, Mississippi. And the dude can ball. I don't care what anybody says. I own a Gardner Minshew jersey. And I will be a Gardner Minshew fan through thick and thin. Gardner Minshew is the quarterback of the Jags. And if you can't accept that, then you're just pure not American. And you need to get the (laughs) fuck out. And that's the way I look at it. We're Minshew boys. I'm going to be so sad when he plays poorly the first four weeks and he gets benched. But, you know, there's just – I just don't want it to happen. They do have one of the worst rosters. We have to note that. They have the Jags have one of the worst rosters, one of the worst win totals. Like, they do. The, and they but, didn't give I mean they they're they're going through some shit, man. Like they didn't give Leonard the fifth year option. Um you know, they screw got, it. We're Ryan Minshew. Yeah, we're Minshew boy. The DJ Chark and Minshew got something going on. You can't you can't deny that. Our boy O'Shaughnessy is coming back to town. Okay. James, like we look, we we know James. We talk <laughs> with James. You know, I literally went out of my way to draft James O'Shaughnessy on my roster in my dynasty league after I already have like six tight ends just because I fuck with James and I fuck with, with this Jaguars team. Anybody that doesn't have faith can kiss my fucking ass. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Gardner Minshew for life. And I hope he beats the shit out of the Browns and Baker Mayfield. And then shaves his mustache. And if Cam Newton even thinks about coming to Jacksonville, I hope that in every press conference, Gardner just walks up there and interrupts him and is holding like women's clothes from Kato's, asking him if he wanted to try these on or not. That's my NFL. 
That's my America. And me and you are finding a way. The chosen one. He's the chosen one. He always will be, no matter if the Jags lawyer wants to sue us or not, he will always be the chosen one, and you can always buy those shirts on the low. Don't tell nobody, but you can't. Don't tell the Jags lawyer either. Or Mike Dempsey. Do you remember shooting me the text when you're like, who is this man? <laughs> like it was just a picture of him. Bro. And I like told you about how he was paired with Mike Leach and just I was like, It was no over. Clue. It was yeah. over then. Like when you yeah. said Mike Leach and then I went and looked back at him, like it from Washington, I was like, Oh my God. And then a week later he's like on everywhere in America. But you know what? We get we did get ours, bro, because we did tweet about him a lot. Our tweets about him and his dad Flint, they ended up on a lot of big major sites. I was looking I was I was Googling some stuff today while I was doing some site work. And literally, and all you guys out there that are listening to this right now, y'all can go check this out. Our tweets about Gardner Minshew have made it to uh, Bro Bible. They've made it to Yahoo Sports. Um, we had one of our tweets mentioned in USA Today. Our Gardner Minshew content was was gold. And Who's going to be the Gardner Minshew of next year? Let's save a whole episode for that. Gardner Minshew. I realize that, but who's going to be our guy that we are on first? Like the first new guy on the block that's not a big name. I'm talking about somebody that's like a backup running back, QB or receiver. I don't know if anybody has his same energy because you it's not it's not just about the play, it's the energy. It is the energy. It's definitely not the play. Even though yeah. the play's solid at times, but it's all about the energy. Yeah. I don't I don't and think anybody else has that kind of energy right now. We can't predict it because it just it's something that just kind of happens, but I'm gonna go on a limb and say it's going to be a random tight end that was drafted this year. Maybe somebody the Patriots drafted. Maybe somebody that um, I just feel like a tight end is going to come out of nowhere this year. And obviously knowing how much we enjoy tight ends, specifically you. Um, yeah, big tight end I'm, guy. I'm hoping for the, like, the big personality of a tight end to come out this if season. He, if anybody's going to do it, it needs to be Thaddeus Moss for the Redskins. He needs to make Daddy proud. Whew. I wish it would be, but it's the Redskins. He's going to get buried there for a while. It's not, I don't think it's him. I don't know. We'll find out. But look. This has been fucking a really good breath of fresh air before we get cranking back into NASCAR. I hope that all you guys listening to this enjoyed this episode. And again, I want to remind you all to be sure to go to YouTube, subscribe to our uh, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports YouTube channel. I want to give a huge thank you to all of y'all listening that have. We have hit over 100 subscribers within two weeks. We had like 15 two weeks ago, and we're at 103 now. So if any of you guys listening to this did subscribe, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, it means so much that you're being a part of our growth and our expansion. And uh, just just keep hanging in there with we're us. At 15? We were at like 15, yeah. Yeah. We had safe a big to, surge. Well, it's safe to say that, you know, obviously to give context, all of our listens come through Apple Podcasts, right? So we're just now seeing that increase on YouTube. Yeah, a lot of people are listening on YouTube now, Spotify as well. If you are an Apple Podcast user and you're listening to this right now, please rate, review, and subscribe. Those reviews help us get more recognition. They help us get ranked on Apple Podcasts, and that's going to help more people come into the conversations that we're having. So when you're around that water cooler on Monday morning, you can be talking about what the hell Chase and Drew were talking about on Garage Guys. So helping us do that is a big push and a big fucking we support you 
for the garage guys and, and we love you garage fam thank you so much for for everything that we've been doing these past two years and i cannot wait to see what the next year brings in um as we get ready to gear up for fantasy football season and and the next week for nascar so so much more to come i'm excited about football again I'm ready to get this thing underway, and we will be back for episode 161 on Monday to recap The Last Dance and talk a little bit of early NASCAR stuff. We might even have a guest. Who knows? Might try to wrangle up somebody for us to talk to in the NASCAR world. We should probably do that. Let's do it. Garage fam, let us know who you want us to hear. But uh, as always, Chef Boyardine, anything cooking in your corner before we go? Only thing cooking is this episode. We baby 160 we did it let's go sports party repeat it's the garage guys 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 it's the garage guys